Impact 89 FM's own NFL podcast, hosted by Michael Markosh, Kevin McCormick, Owen Ozust, and Manit Patel. This is The Pylon. Welcome back. You are listening to the Pylon Impact 89 FM. I'm your host, Michael Markoch. Alongside me, as per usual, Manit Patel, Jay DeCoster. And it's been a couple weeks since we've been on there. We, we took last week off. We just we just all had different things to do. We were not able to arrange a day to meet to do an episode. But we have missed a lot once again because this NFL offseason is just a gift that the just NFL, keeps on The NFL getting. rules all. Once yeah. again, yeah, the NFL's like, hold my beer. We'll we'll just take over from March Madness. What's the, the final news. four? Yeah, I know. Yeah, what's that? Yeah, what's that? We'll, t- well the NFL News said, hold, hold my beer. We'll take over. So, yeah. yeah, greatest reality show on television. Absolutely greatest reality show. Um, so let's start with the news here, and this goes back first one two days ago. A, a bit of a shocker coming out of Tampa Bay as Bruce Arians resigns as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Todd Bowles will be. The heir apparent he'll be taking over as head coach starting this season. He has a brand new restructured contract. They basically voided the last two years of his contract. His defensive coordinator gave him a fresh five-year deal to coach Tampa Bay. So apparently Brady was informed of this. Brady knew about this the day of or the day after he decided he was coming back. So this is not something that's new exactly for number So do you think that means Brady, like, do you think he decided to come back because of Bruce Arians' retirement? That's the conspiracy. I, I don't know. I think that might be why. I mean, there was I, there was some reported, you know, they had some rift over this last this coming through this last season. I mean, that's that's a very good conspiracy theory. I just don't know. I don't know for sure if that's the reason why. But I mean, Bruce Arians, he's like sixty eight years old. Um, he's coached obviously a long time, um, and he's going to be in the front office role doing probably he's going to be like a senior executive. He's yeah. going to be up in the suite doing. He nothing. said yesterday. He does not even know what his job is. So he's just going to be doing nothing <laughs> getting paid. I mean, good for him. So Yeah, which is fine. I mean, he's a good coach. He'll, mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll do fine as an executive. Um, he's a heck of a recruiter for that team. Yeah, like, yeah. It, I think it was time for him to step on, move on from the head coaching position, you know, after everything from this year with, like, A.B. and then – you know, how they performed in the playoffs and all of that, like the rift, you know, it just seemed like with Brady coming back, it was a good time to usher that through. And, and you know, Todd Bowles is going to take over. I'm sure he'll do a fine job. Um, Byron Leftwich is going to remain offensive coordinator. Him and Brady have yep. worked really, really well together. So I don't see anything different. I think it'll be interesting to see how that offense works without Arians input. Um, because it's just going to be Brady and Leftwich running that offense, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's it, going to be their hive mind. Go yeah, ahead. Exa- and Sorry. it's good to see Todd Bowles you know, get, get a gig now because he was with the Jets and that didn't work out. And he's getting a bunch of head coaching interviews this offseason, last offseason. So it's good to see that he found a landing spot. It's a, I think it was like a, he said a five-year deal, so he's going to be there um, for a while. So, yeah, I mean, it's good for him. And then Byron Leftwich. And Brady just still sticking together. I think that's going to be a good thing for even though Bruce Arians is not going to be there. Yeah, I think the offense will be fine. Obviously, with Brady there, you know, it'll be good. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the 
the Todd Bowles thing to me is really interesting because Arian said yesterday in a very colorful press conference, um, definitely one that could not be put on the air. <laughs> That's classic Bruce Arians um, right there. But he basically said, I mean, he kind of brought up this thing. It's kind of like a chicken or the egg kind of situation where he says, you know, the stuff about Brady wanting him out is false, which, you know, take it or leave it. Like, you know, believe it or not, like that's whatever. But he says that it was because when he heard that Brady was coming back, he decided he didn't want Bulls to take over in a bad situation. So he didn't want Bulls to take over without a quarterback and the team was going to be kind of bad. And he didn't want that for him because he understands how you know good of a coach he is and he doesn't want him to have another jet situation where he just had no talent on that team. So Brady comes back and then Arians basically said, all right, I decided that it was time for me to step away and give Todd this opportunity to be the head coach of a really, really, really good team, a Super Bowl contender even. And so it'll be interesting to see. I think he'll do well. I was kind of actually surprised because I thought if it was Brady, right, who forced Arians out, I think Leftwich would be the coach. I don't think it would be Bowles. That's just kind of my thinking. Um, So I'm not necessarily buying into all that narrative because I think like if Brady really had like full control over the situation, I believe Leftwich would be the coach and not Bowles. So um, I think Bowles will do great. Obviously, like we said, he, he, he's been in the last couple cycles taking some interviews. Maybe we know why he maybe hasn't gotten one yet. Maybe it's because he knew that he was going to be able to get this one, at least in the next few years. Um, but overall, a lot of changes in Tampa, one of the latest coaching changes we've seen in a long, long time. Um, so now let's get into the next one. This news broke, was it yesterday? The rich just get richer. It's unbelievable. Bobby Wagner signs a five-year, $50 million contract with the Los Angeles Rams. After originally they said he was only looking for like a one-year, $11 million it's deal. Up to, sorry for interrupting. Yeah, no, you're It's good. up to 565 with incentives. Yeah, so. Wow. Yeah. I mean, $3 million I mean Bobby Wagner, is, is, I wouldn't say he's... I mean, he's kind of towards the end of his prime. He's still a very good linebacker, but... He's probably he's, still the best linebacker in the he, NFL. He is. Period. What is he, like 31 or something? Mm-hmm. He's got to be up there. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, still a very good deal for them. Like, uh, you know, a team that, that needed linebacker help, you know, a team that was struggling at that position, and Von Miller leaving. So, it's great to see the Rams get a linebacker that can really help them on the on the inside because they didn't really have a lot of that last year, even, even with that really good defense. Um, but, yeah, they get a guy like that, and with Von Miller leaving... I kind of can replace a guy like that. So, and you still have Leonard Floyd. So, I mean, yeah, you have that. Yeah. You have that position. So, yeah, he's thirty-one. Bobby Wagner. Yeah, You're right. I'm, it's a it's a good move for LA. I mean, it's probably going to be backloaded as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, just because they don't have money to give. And it's, same thing with Aaron Donald's contract, mm-hmm. but that'll be worth it as well. I'm I'm super interested to see how much money they give him, though. I think it'll be. Re- I, it'll be a lot. It's it'll be plenty guaranteed too. Yeah, I think it'll be like five, like one seventy five, something like that. I mean, the guys, the guys, just still really good. I mean, the guy will give you like ten to eleven tackles a game, and he's still he's still like one of the best. I mean, there's no other way to say it. And you know, you got Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner, and Jalen Ramsey. And I mean, there's no reason why the Rams every level. They can. Yep. I I do think they have a good chance to repeat. I mean, like I don't know. What do you think, Michael? Uh, they also signed Allen Robinson. True, dude. I mean, how do I forget about Allen Robinson? Like that's the thing. The Rams have really taken advantage of an NFC that's just not going to be very good. I mean, right yeah. now there are three contenders. Like that is it. 
there is really no other team besides the Rams, the Packers, or the Buccaneers that I could even imagine coming out of the NFC, which means that that will be what happens. But, like, honestly, I mean, maybe you throw the Cowboys in there as a very distant fourth, but, like, I mean, other than that, I mean... Maybe the Niners, I mean... If Trey they, Lance plays well, but that's a big... I really like Kyle Shanahan, but if Trey Lance can be the guy, then, yes, they have a chance. That, but, because that's... Debo Samuel, obviously, a beast. Um, their defense is really solid. Um, with Fred Werner and uh, and Nick Bosa, so I mean they have a decent chance, but I think it'd be a long shot. Let's sidetrack for a second here. What what do you think Trey Lance is like? What is the risk point for San Francisco to where like they're like we have to start him now? We have no cho- choice but to. Like when do they have? Well, that I still moment? have Jimmy G. Um, well, yeah, but probably... Jimmy G can't throw a football for like. T- Two more months still. Yeah. He had off-season shoulder surgery on his throwing shoulder. Yeah, I mean, two months. I mean, that's gonna be in June. He'll start to throw. I know, but he's I mean, gonna, that's... that means he's missing OTAs, mini camp. Basically, he won't be with the team till training camp, which is yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Trey Lance. I, I don't know. Like, obviously, I'm not there to see how he's done in tra- in practice, but like, we haven't seen any any of him except like a couple couple snaps, and like, I think I think he started like one game, but I think he has a chance to start next year. Um. Like he's a first round pick. He gave up a haul to get him. Three first. Three first oh, round I picks. Think, yeah, and he was the first quarterback or first player to ever get traded three first round picks for since Herschel Walker. And then obviously something else happened that we'll get to next. But yeah, I mean, I think overall, like he I think he has to start. I mean, Shanahan's basically come out and said this year, like, we need to start playing him because the best way for him to learn is to play. Yeah. And so you know, you're talking about a guy who hasn't taken a lot of snaps. He didn't play a ton of college, played basically one year, then sat out a year, then yeah. got drafted, didn't play except for, you know, some niche situations where he yeah. came in to run the ball. It's it's not <laughs> like this day and age, like in the NFL, it's not like back then where Aaron Rodgers would sit for three years and learn other, under Brett no. Favre. Well, especially um, when you like paid now. such a premium to get him. Yeah, Aaron you Rod- have to you have to be able to see tangible results before his rookie yeah. contract's over. Like yeah. point blank, period. Even before like year three. Four. I, mean, I would like to see like results. Yeah, and here's the thing. I mean, right now with Jimmy Garoppolo, they're they're not. It's going to be really hard to trade him because number one, he's got such a big contract. Number two, he's coming off of that surgery that teams aren't going to be able to get him in to see their doctors and their medical staff before he even the trade was already made. So that's a risk they're not going to want to take. And, and third of all, there's not a lot of teams right now that need quarterbacks. Indy got their void filled. Yeah. Um, Washington did too. I like, mean, you're maybe looking at Carolina and Seattle. That's and you can't trade it. in division. Exactly. So Carolina may be the only fit for Jimmy Garoppolo at this moment in time. And they don't want a quarterback. They either want Kenny Pickett or they're going to roll with Darnold for a I year think, and I wait th- till next year. I think they're going to draft somebody. But I think at like at the same time, like, and it seems like Seattle's going. It, it's going to end up being Baker to Seattle. It's just kind of a matter of time, and they have to work out the the language. But it's just so like, I I like. There's nobody who wants him. I get, I get it. And so, um, if you're San Francisco, just sit on him and keep him because it's never going to be bad. Especially like Jimmy's a professional. Like we know that he's gonna. Even if you start Trey Lance to start the season, Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna be a great guy to have in his ear, like on the headset during games, and be able to you know talk to Trey Lance about what he's seeing. And you know, and then guess what? In a pinch, guess what? If Trey Lance goes down, if he gets hurt, boom, you have Jimmy Garoppolo to put in to at least help you through. And I think he would be okay with that role. I mean, it's not like. You know, he's not going to sit around and pout about it. It's going to be, all right, you know what? Like, 
they're going to probably try to trade me. It's just this offseason, it's not going to happen because all the voids are filled. What's their cap hit if they release him? Because they signed him in not a contract it. extension. It's it's not. I think so. Okay. I, I, mean, I, didn't, look, I, was just I think wondering. it'd be very similar to what Baker's would be, but um, probably a little more. But it's like 30. He's get, he gets paid like 30-something million a year, I think. Or high 20s. High 20s is something like Yeah, something like, I think it's like 25 or something. It's like 25 but, to 30. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. But, I mean, if you're – this is a good problem to have if you're San Francisco. Like, if you think about it. Like, you have Jimmy G and then you have Trey Lance, who mm-hmm. has shown you flashes at least last season. He did start a couple games. He wasn't very good in those games. But, I mean, he's a rookie. I mean, what do you expect? You know, would you rather be San Francisco? Or would you rather be San Francisco right now with Jimmy G and Jordan, or in uh, Trey Lance, or Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love? Uh, ooh, that's a that's a question. And now, I, get, I like I, that. No, I get it. Aaron Rodgers is so good, but like, like I don't, Jimmy I don't know. G like Jimmy G, Trey I know Lance. what Jimmy G is. He's as mediocre as they come. And then Trey Lance, I have no idea what he is. You, Jordan yeah. Love, I, I, in my opinion, he stinks. And then. Aaron Rodgers. See, is, I'd argue for Aaron Rodgers is going to go down as one of the top top, top ten greatest quarterbacks oh, in top, the sport. Top five, so, if not top three. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. Jimmy G's cap hit is twenty six nine. So, mm-hmm. all right, that's about eight. Less. Yeah, that's about, it's the, literally eight mil less than Baker. You probably have to keep him for another but year. It's and then only one point f- four million of dead cap, so it's movable. Mm-hmm. They can just pay him a fat signing bonus and then cut him. Yeah, you basically it's it's a buyout. You pay and him, then you, you take, pay him the money off front. You pay him the money up front. You basically pay him twenty seven million dollars to go away, <laughs> and it's off the books. I mean, wow, <laughs> yeah. it's a it's a big check to the right though for uh uh just to make a dude go away. But yeah. speaking of big checks, um, something that happened literally, gosh, this just irritated me. About three four hours after we stopped recording two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, Deshaun Watson gets traded to the Cleveland Browns in an absolute all-time stunner. The, 24 hours after he rules the Browns out, uh, it says he's not coming to Cleveland. He says he will only waive his no-trade clause to go to Cleveland. You were on cloud um, nine. You were t- you were texting. You were saying, oh, my God, there's no way this is real. Dude, I was literally thinking I was going into shock. Like, I literally was so stunned. I was in a space with a bunch of other Browns fans, I was just listening, and some dude comes in and starts screaming. No, I, I saw I saw that video. It's a viral video. I was like, it is, oh my god, the Browns got yes, Watson. It is awesome. I encourage anyone to go watch it <laughs> uh, if you I, can I, find I, it. I'm not gonna lie, that was pretty hard. Listen yeah. to listen to the Brown space when Deshaun Watson got traded. It is absolutely hilarious. Um, and it was just an all time Browns fan moment. But I mean, a the biggest guaranteed contract. To Deshaun Watson in NFL history, five years, two hundred and thirty million dollars, fully guaranteed. Um, and of course, yes, he still has the twenty-two civil lawsuits against him for sexual assault and misconduct. But as of right now, two grand juries have not decided to indict him on criminal charges. There is, I believe, a third one still out there, but they didn't indict him either. They're probably yeah. I mean, there was it was only two. Were. I I heard that there might be a third one out there, but they're I mean. It's probably not going to come to anything either. So it's still just the civil suits, but he has not been charged with anything. They're still all allegations, accusations, whatever you want to call them. Um, and as you know, Commissioner Roger Goodell said this past week at the NFL meetings, there's no word yet about a possible suspension. The NFL is still going through their investigation of the topic. Um, and I mean, I'm sure one's going to come, but the problem is like if Deshaun Watson tries to fight this and doesn't settle the civil suits, 
technically he probably won't be suspended because he isn't like acknowledging any guilt. This is it, it's a little bit different from like the Alex Elliott and the Ben Roethlisberger's who did settle and then yeah. were able to get suspended because basically that's kind of in the legal system. It's a bit of admitting guilt. Necessarily. So, so Mike, I want to ask you a question. Do you think Deshaun Watson will be suspended for like, like I'm going to say like five, six games? What do you like? What do you think? About I that? think it'll be eight. Honestly, I think he's going to get. It's going to be. Extensive. I think he's going to get eight. Um, okay. I think it's going to be very similar to the Kareem Hunt suspension. Um, I ten is a little much, especially for. And I'm not saying that. Again, this is a very, very serious matter. So I don't want any of our listeners to sit here and think that I'm trying to downplay it because I'm a Browns fan or whatever. Like that's not the case at all. Um, I totally understand the severity of these allegations. I'm still struggling a little with the trade myself. Even you know two weeks. Oh, past it, which it feels like, and it, it feels like it's been, yeah, it feels like it was yesterday. Um, but you know, I just, it's going to be really, really hard to suspend him for such a long period of time unless he's actually like, unless he's found guilty or he comes out and like, you know, admits some sort of guilt. Like, it's going to be really, really hard if he continues to fight this to suspend him for all this long because he's claiming that he's innocent. So like you can't just suspend an innocent guy for a season and then all of a sudden it's going to if then if all of a sudden if it comes back and it says, oh, you know, he was telling the truth. Like, I mean. You, you yeah, you can't do that. Um, that, So that's the issue that I think I'm, I'll say it right now. I think there's a potential he plays the entire season next year um, and then get suspended the year after that, because like I said, it, this is going to take a long time to get resolved. And so if it's not resolved and if. Watson doesn't settle and he continues to fight these accusations. There's really no grounds for a suspension necessarily as much as people would say, you know, you can't really let him play with all these accusations over his head, but also like, can you really suspend him either? So it, it becomes kind of a, it's a game basically. It's just so complicated because. Yeah. And again, I'm not a lawyer. I have once, no legal background. Once, once so. the Browns announced the, um, the Deshaun Watson trade, I immediately went to Twitter, looked at the Browns Twitter and it had 2000 comments and like 3,000 likes. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go and jump into this and see what's going on. <laughs> and yeah, a lot, a lot of Browns fans like, I'm, I'm done. Like, maybe there was some like trolls out there just saying, I'm done being a Browns fan. And those, like, there's actual Browns no, fans that I know that are, are like, they're saying, I'm, I'm not being, I'm not a fan of this team anymore. So it's just, so. No, yeah, I, I mean, I, and he, yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, as a Browns fan myself, this is something for any Browns fan that possibly comes across this. If, if that is the decision that you want to make and that is the way you feel, like, I absolutely understand that. I'm not going to sit up here and, and say that, like, oh, you're like a fake fan or whatever. Like, like I said, I'm still kind of trying to struggle to process this two weeks away. It's such a, it's such a serious and complicated thing that it's like, you know, I, I don't really know who to believe. You know, it, it's kind of one of those things like you, you, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and, you know, make sides of whether he's innocent or guilty. It's not my job to do that. You know, you got to let the legal system do its thing. But at the same time, like it, it's really tough because it's so muddied right now in the middle. And if you want to sit back and you want to say you're not going to support this team anymore, I totally, totally understand that. Now, mm -hmm. to an extent, I don't really believe you um, because just it's just the way that Browns fans are. It's a way of life. It's not just something that, you know, it, it, you're never going to be able to get that part of you out. But um, I totally understand for anyone that feels that way, anyone that's uncomfortable with this, because like I said, I am too. It's, <laughs> it, yeah. it, it'd be very strange if this continues to hover over his head and all of a sudden he's holding up that Lombardi trophy and like, how are we supposed to feel about that?
Like, I get it. Yeah, sweet, we'd win a Super Bowl, but I was listening on to these some circumstances. local radio station back in Chicago, and they and they and they were talking about this for like straight hour, two hours, and they were saying I wouldn't cheer for Deshaun Watson. I would cheer. I would just cheer for the Bears. Like if Deshaun yeah. Watson came to the Bears, because that was a scenario last year that Deshaun Watson was about to get traded to the Bears. Yeah, like I remember they, that. I think they made offers to to the Texans, and then all this they said it was close came out. too. And and I remember him saying, "Could you imagine if the Bears did that trade like last year yeah. when he was he was out for the whole year?" So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's just something that's just pretty complicated. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll let, I'll let you system. get in here. That I mean, the contract too. Yeah. The contract yeah. was signed for a reason. He wanted the guaranteed money for a reason. I mean, um, that, was, still that, was a sh- that. that was insane. That, no, he, that it, contract it, is insane. I mean, it, I know. I mean, I've never seen anything it. like that. And I get it. A lot of people aren't going to believe a word out of Sean Watson's mouth right now. And I, I to- again, I understand that if that's the case for you. Um. But there are a lot of respected journalists out in the field who wrote stories about Deshaun Watson and kind of the story behind that contract. The contract didn't have anything to do with his decision. He chose to come to Cleveland first because, as the articles would state, there were multiple other teams, including the Atlanta Falcons, who were willing to match that contract, but they never got the opportunity. If it was about the guaranteed money, he could have gone wherever he wanted. There were teams lining up to give him that type of money. He chose Cleveland first, and then they brought up the idea of the fully guaranteed contract. And I firmly believe that was the way it is because, like I said, it's not. You don't have to take it from what Deshaun said, but take it from the people who actually did the reporting. And um, he chose Cleveland first, and then they mm-hmm. said, "Oh, here we're going to redo your deal too." Because if it was about the money, Atlanta would have given him that contract. I think New Orleans would have found a way to give him that contract. Teams would have been lining up to give him that contract, and there were teams that were angry that they weren't offered the opportunity to match it. But that was because Deshaun already decided, "I want Cleveland, and I don't want anywhere else." So I'll just say that but many you can continue but <laughs> i mean again yeah. go it's ahead just like, it's just it's just complicated look the guy is a it's, the guy is a top 10 quarterback in this league you know when he, when he plays obviously possibly but, top five yeah. yeah i mean if he does if he gets suspended 10 weeks like you guys predict and what do the browns finish because you have jacoby Brissett as your backup yep who i actually really like i i like him as backup Here's the thing. So, obviously, the Brown, like I said, like I said in our text chain, the Browns' future is like once Deshaun Watson settles this, their future is so bright that like I need I need shades because yeah. you have a guy that's in his prime. You have Miles Garrett in his prime. You have a uh, the rest of the defense is solid. Your offensive line is really solid. You just got Amari Cooper, and maybe you can draft one. The, like, the the thing about the trade that just made no sense to me was the Browns gave up no players, none. Yeah. And yeah. we, there were rumblings. I mean, Browns fans, again, I was basically spending the entire week in these Twitter spaces, but like we were like getting reports of, okay, it's going to probably cost Greg Newsome, possibly Jeremiah Usukoromoa, Denzel Ward could potentially be in the deal. And we were like willing to part ways with some of these guys. And then when the trade comes out, we find out we gave up none of them. The team's fully intact. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I'm, I'm I gotta give Andrew to credit. Like that's incredible. What was the, what was it? Two, two or three first round picks. Three first round picks and three additional picks. So we're giving up two picks. Yeah. In the next three years, we're giving up a first and a fourth this year, a first and a third next year, and a first and a fourth in two years. Um, that was funny. I mean, because it was like we were literally talking about the draft. We were talking about other quarterbacks. Like we had in the Twitter space, there was somebody coming in talking about how Marcus Mariota would fit in with the Cleveland Browns. And all of a sudden, you were convinced too. Friday, he had 
wrote him Mar- off. Marcus Mariota. He, you he's were convinced a for, Mar- on that Friday, Mariota was the quarterback for the Browns. Before Watson. I was. Yeah. But then again, Deshaun Watson literally came out and said, it won't be Cleveland. And then he calls Andrew Berry back on Friday morning and says, I, I want to go here. And it was just, that's why I was almost in shock. It wasn't that they actually got him. It was the fact of, like, he had ruled the Browns out. It was a done deal. He wasn't coming. And then all of a sudden, here he is, and he's saying, I will only waive my no trade to go to Cleveland. Oh, by the way, his fully guaranteed contract, he also, once again, has a no trade. So, if, yeah, Um, it's a full no trade clause. It's it's an absolutely incredible contract. Um, That's the most ridiculous contract I've ever seen. I mean, that's insane. Here's the thing. That's crazy. It literally reset the market. Now, here's also what I want to say about it, though. Now, this will be our next topic as we're going to get into it is the, you know, the annual NFL meetings in West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, before we get into some of the things that they discussed there, there was word that the Browns owners, as well as general manager Andrew Barry, were kind of getting the cold shoulder at the meetings because they gave Deshaun Watson such a big contract with all these allegations over him. And for that part, I understand. But I've been hearing a lot of things about the Ravens owner, Steve Bashotti, basically saying that he he was very critical of what you know, the Haslams did, who are the owners of the Browns, and they give giving him this contract and writing that kind of check. And all I have to say is this. This was going to happen at some point or another. Some quarterback was going to get this contract. Yes, you don't have to like the fact that it was Deshaun Watson who got it first, and I can totally respect that. But, like, he's just upset because now Lamar Jackson's going to come to the negotiating table and he's going to say, yeah, I want that. Ooh, what, and, yeah. what quarterback isn't? And guess what? Now Joe Burrow... Is going to go to the Bengals and say, "Yeah, I want that." And guess He's what? Got some time before that. The Bengals have a historically cheap owner that does not like putting money in escrow like that. I, I think he would pay him, right? I mean, they just you they just they just, well, know, but, they just pay they just pay Leo Collins. Him, I know, then, but him paying Joe Burrow that means you might have to give up. You're not going to be able to pay Jamar Chase what you want to pay him. I mean, I'm I mean, just saying, like, it, yeah. I mean, by then Trey Hendrickson's deal will be up. Um, you have some other big deals that are up. I mean. I mean, yeah, you could try to get it to, oh my, wow, that's great. I mean, he just show me a... April Fool's. Yeah, <laughs> April Fool's joke of Julian Edelman going to the Buccaneers. That'd be, that'd be pretty funny because we saw a video of Tom Brady working out with uh, Julian Edelman. Because that would be funny, right? That'd be hilarious. Wasn't he thinking about coming back? Um, well, they, they haven't even... Well, re- he's got he's to earn his Hall of Fame spot, so... They haven't even re-signed Gronk yet. Yeah. Well, Gronk I, hasn't decided whether or not he Gronk, wants to Gronk play. Gronk might retire again, but... Which I wouldn't blame him if he does, but yeah. Enough of the Buccaneers. Um, you can continue your point that you were. I don't even. I lost my train of thought. But <laughs> thanks, Vinny. Threw everything <laughs> off the rails. It was funny though. What were we talking about? We were talking about the owners being upset about the contract, and then like I, I did not. I, I lost my train of thought. So I'm gonna have Vinny go. I have no clue. Well, I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, it's whatever. Like I said, they just eventually like this is gonna blow over. Oh, we were talking about owners paying quarterbacks this type of money. Um, and we were talking about the Bengals. Um, but oh, it'll be interesting. Like, it's not just Burrow. Like, now guess what? Justin Herbert's going to come to the Chargers and say, yeah, I want this type of money. Oh, Kyle, they'll, they'll pay him. Well, no, they will. But now, look at, okay, Kyler Murray just had a very interesting offseason where he's basically demanding a contract extension. Guess what? You just gave Kyler Murray all this leverage. Like, oh, yeah, no, he's going to get a fully guaranteed contract exactly. now. And now quarterbacks are going to say, I don't care about the years and the amount of money total. I want it fully guaranteed because in terms of guaranteed money, actually Deshaun Watson's making less than Aaron Rodgers is in terms of guaranteed per year, but his is fully guaranteed. 
Aaron Rodgers is is not. And obviously Mahomes' deal is still half a billion dollars. He is making more than Deshaun every single year, but his money is not guaranteed, even though he's Patrick Mahomes. It's basically as it's as sure as money in the bank is, I think, anything you could ever, you know, find out. Um and actually, one more trade that I want to get to before we talk about the NFL meetings that I completely forgot to put on the agenda, and I'm glad I remembered it. Tyreek Hill. Oh, oh yeah. Tyreek yeah. Tyreek Hill <laughs> traded from I talk about Mahomes, just put it back in my brain. Tyreek Hill traded from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Miami God, Dolphins. We are terrible. And not only and not only that, very similar to the Watson thing, Tyreek Hill resets the receiver market right after Devontae Adams did it. That's um. I mean, that, that was sick. unbelievable. When I first saw Adam Schefter saying Tyreek Hill is probably going to get traded, like he didn't break the news that he's going to the Dolphins. Okay, it's I, I was saying is going to be the, he says the Jets or the Dolphins. Dolphins. And like, yeah. yeah, he's got to go to the Dolphins. Like, why would you go to the Jets with income tax in Apparently, New York? Apparently, the Jets deal was done. Uh, there really? was like a report that the night before, when the Chiefs officially like like we're going to trade Tyreek Hill, they had an offer in place and it was like agreed upon between the Jets yeah, and it was, the Dolphins. Um, it was they're um, both their early seconds. The Jets and the Chiefs. Um, but then the next day the Dolphins called and said, Well, what would we do? And then basically Tyreek said, Well Miami. I, I'm only gonna go to Miami. Um, he has a house there. He because trains there in the off season. Yes, like it makes yeah. complete sense. Tyreek doesn't didn't have a no trade clause, but he basically did in the fact of no team was going to trade for him unless Tyreek was gonna be willing to sign the new contract. And basically Tyreek said, I will only sign the new contract in Miami, therefore you can only trade me to Miami. This yeah, was the deal to the Jets was done. Like it yeah, was, it was a going done on, deal. The whole thing was going on for a while. I read into it quite a bit and um that happened like it was an end of the week thing. And it happened at the beginning of the week where they were like, all right, we're going to trade you. Yeah. Like, they came to that agreement after the mm-hmm. stall contract talks. And you, the Jets were originally on it first. Got the... It was... The, the two, deal, it was agreed upon. It was two seconds and... Yeah. I think a third. Yeah. I um, the Dolphins then threw a first. Yeah. And, I mean, th- this trade which tells me that... kills worthy of And a now first, Kansas City's right. picking back-to-back. Obviously, this tells us that the Dolphins are all in with Tua. I mean, you signed Teron Armstead, who has injury history, but he's a very good left tackle. You, you, you trade for Tyreek Hill, and now you're going to see how Tua performs because the last two years he hasn't really shown he can do it. So it's going to be interesting. You know, he's got these two. He's got two weapons, and he's got three. He's got Kaseki too. So I really like how they're setting up um, the future, even if Tua doesn't work out this year. Regardless, you have Tyreek Hill long term. You have Waddle on his rookie contract. You signed Jazeki to an extension. You can draft a running back yeah, next you year. You need a running back. <laughs> you need a running back. You can draft one, and you could still um, work on the O line. Armstead isn't the only piece. You got to. Yeah. Him. So like, there's there's still things to be done, but if Tua doesn't succeed or get them to at least like nine ten wins this season, you can feel good about moving on. So do they have their first round pick? I know don't. They do the have Lance their first trade. next year. Do they, they do have, have the 49ers first next year as well. So maybe, I yeah. mean, maybe you you could get lucky with San Francisco. Yeah, they could have another injury trodden season, and you they could they end could. up, you know, and or they, Trey Lance just not very good. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because again, I mean, we don't know. So yeah, they can either draft a quarterback next year, but if Tua doesn't work out, because Tua if Tua is not very good next year, you have the you ammo have to, to trade up. up guys, yeah, exactly. Guys, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. That's such an oh, interesting my combination. Goodness. I know it is because they're almost the same player. It's yeah. very similar. It's but the speed, like these are the two fastest receivers in the NFL. I don't really think it's close, and they're on yeah, the same team. I mean, 
here's the thing. If you're Tua, you don't even need to throw the ball downfield. You need to throw slants. If you, slants if you can and throw a smoke five yard, if you can, if you can, if you can run, if you can throw a smoke screen and then a five yard slant, you're fine. I mean, what are you supposed to do if you're a defense? You got Tyreek Hill lining up on the outside on one side. You got Jalen Waddle lining up right next to him in the slot. What are you doing? Like nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you can't um, cover that. Yeah, I mean, and then I look at the Toronto Armstead signing, which yeah. I mean, it's a pretty big one, but he's had injury history. That's kind of a risky signing, but. When he's healthy, he's one of the best life tackles in football. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's good protection for him because they've had a bad offensive line, especially last year. You know, with and uh, the drafting of uh, Austin Jackson out of USC, that's not really worked out. It so, didn't work. So, I yeah. wonder if they try to move him maybe inside though, play him on the interior a little bit because yeah, th- they got Eichenberg right on the right side. Yeah, they do. And so they got Eichenberg and Armstead. You can maybe move Jackson to a guard. That you can. Use- you can things work here. I remember. I remember. Still gotta get better. But I remember on draft. Night, I remember on draft night when they drafted Austin Jackson. Okay, this is the biggest reach ever. And well, and then the Raiders took Leatherwood last year. <laughs> it was oh, yeah, kind of like yeah, no Leatherwood. Leatherwood played really well for them. So I mean, he wasn't a reach. He was the bottom end first round compared to where they drafted he, him. They basically here's the thing. I I the thing with everyone when they always talk about reaches is you know we get a little draft talk stuff in here, but um just like Malik Willis the thing. <laughs> Malik Willis. <laughs> what's the draft? Browns don't have a pick for three years. Like, what's the draft? Uh, but, uh, like, to me, like, every team, like, you get one first-round pick. I mean, obviously, it's getting weird now with, like, eight teams this year don't have their first-round pick. It's absolutely insane. But, um, like, if you're the Raiders and you're hovering around that position where they took Leatherwood, I think it was, like, 20th overall or whatever, like, what's the difference between you picking them at 20th and, like, not taking them? Because... He's not going to come back to you probably in the second round. So, like, just take him. It's your first-round pick. You like him, just just pick him. I don't really – if you're a first-round pick, you're a first-round pick. It, to me, it doesn't really matter necessarily where you go, especially in the late 20s. Like, it doesn't really make it much of a difference, but that's just my opinion on that. But let's get into the NFL meetings. Uh, just a couple of changes that they made. The biggest one, new overtime rules for the postseason only – both teams are guaranteed one possession in overtime in the playoffs, and then if they're still tied after both teams touch the football, it goes to sudden death. Which yeah, I don't okay. really have a, I don't really have a problem with it. My only the only thing I have a problem with is the Bills fans who are like, this is a great thing, where you had twelve seconds to make a stop and 13. you didn't let thirteen Give seconds, and you didn't let the, <laughs> and, and you couldn't like your defense just choked. Like let's be honest here, like the overtime rules really like had not. Like sure, it would be nice to have an extra possession, but like guess what happened a week later? Your your defense choked. The so. Chiefs got the ball first, and the Bengals got a stop, and then they went down and won the game. Yeah. Like it can't happen, y'all. Like it's not a like I I mean I've I like the rule. I think it's fine. I think it's I'm glad that they didn't just keep saying it's like college overtime rules where you just literally keep playing until basically someone scores and someone doesn't. I think that would be dumb. I like the idea of right away like. Both teams get it once, but then we're playing sudden death right after that. Field goals, any like a safety wins the game, and I think it's going to bring a lot of interesting strategy into it. Because say it go back, we'll go back to last year's playoff game because obviously this is that's kind of the game that sparked this change. But say the Chiefs go down, get their seven, the Bills counter, Josh Allen scores a touchdown. Do the Bills go for two, like try to walk off the game and not even let Mahomes touch the football again? Like you'd yeah. have to think they probably think that way. And so it's you're going to get so many crazy endings in these playoff games with all of these good quarterbacks, especially in the AFC. 
with the opportunity to both touch the football. But I didn't necessarily think the rule needed to be changed. I mean, call me crazy. I People say, oh, you know, the NFL's not evolving or whatever. Guys, overtime's meant to be sudden death. That is the point of overtime. Now I get basketball's a little different because it'd be weird to play sudden death in basketball. But in sports like football and hockey, and I think soccer to a certain extent, like overtime's supposed to be sudden death. First one scores wins the game. Like that's the point of overtime. You're playing until you have a winner. And I just don't get why everyone's trying to say like, oh yeah, it's not fair. Everybody should get a turn. Like, sorry. Like, yeah, I mean, defense, you have a defense. Like, it's fair. Play defense. I don't, yeah, like I said, I don't really have a problem with it, but it does come into consideration that defense might be a little less of a factor. But I mean, I, I don't, like, I want more footballs. So like, I mean, that, that Bills Chiefs playoff game was just amazing. Yeah. And to have that overtime rule that playing to effects for, for two months ago in January, that would have been amazing. So. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't really have anything one, else to say. And so. the other issue that I have with it is just, I, because here's what's going to happen, and here's going to be the next issue, and this is why everybody likes college overtime, and college overtime is what it is. It, it's, it's becoming a it's, joke. It's, well, but, yeah, the two-point stuff. Is well, actually, the Penn no, State, no, Illinois, that the two-point conversion, that was... That is awesome. No. <laughs> not really. <laughs> that was I serious? Like, I mean, that honestly, was awesome. that was, you very, are that was very fun to watch. I like but. that. It was fun to watch, but it was, it was like, especially okay, this for is college getting, this is kids. You can't just leave them on the field for seven overtimes. No, it's so sick. It, Come it, on. Okay. I mean, it was cool, but like here, because here's the issue that we're gonna have now. You're gonna have a game like we saw against Kansas City and Buffalo, and Mahomes will go score, and then Josh Allen will go score. Kansas City gets the ball back, but now the rules are sudden death. They're gonna go down, kick a field goal, and then they're gonna say, "Well, Josh Allen should get to touch the ball again." It's like. That's but we that's know that's stupid. but we know that's what's gonna happen. They're gonna say, "Well, the Bills deserve an opportunity to counter." That's not what overtime is, everybody. Overtime is sudden death. It's, not, li- it's not like in it's not like in uh, hockey where if you score a goal and then it's it's like the other team should have an opportunity to score. Well, but a goal. see, that's like what soccer sudden does death. with extra time. You yeah. play the you play the full. Even though I, dude, I'm telling you right now for all my all of our soccer listeners, and I understand like it's a very traditional sport and the rules don't change much. Put in a golden goal. That would be so awesome if you just say we're playing. We'll play. We'll play thirty minutes, but first team to score a goal wins the match. Oh my gosh! Like that would be must see television. But that's just my theory. But like, that, I like the thrill of the pens, though. If you get there, well, here's the thing: not most of the time, neither team scores an extra time anyway. So like, you end up going to pens anyway. Yeah, penalty could kicks am, could like... you imagine a World Cup final being decided on a golden goal in extra time? That would be awesome. That's better than a penalty shootout. That a team be, scoring would... a goal in extra time to win the World Cup and the game just ends? That would be pretty That'd cool. That'd be awesome. Um, it's just, yeah. <laughs> I love We are so off the rails right we're, now. We're talking about overtime. Sorry, in, we're, in we're, we're actually watching the FIFA World Cup draw yeah, currently right on right now. Release. We're going to see where t- Team USA gets drawn to. But... Um, Anyways, let's talk draft. Anyways. Actually, we know we got to talk about the Rooney Rule for a second. Uh, yeah, the only other change that they made at the at the meeting was they made a change to the Rooney Rule. Basically, all they did was each team must hire a a woman to be an offensive assistant coach. Um, offensive? I believe. Only? I did. It was offensive. I believe it said offensive assistant. Um like maybe maybe if you hired one to be defense, I guess it could qualify. I, I didn't really read the specifications necessarily of the rule, but uh 
yeah, basically, you have to have a woman like hired onto your coaching staff, which I think it's a fair change. A lot of teams actually have already kind of um, met that criteria. I would say, I, I, I mean, I don't know the exact number. I wouldn't quote me on it. I'd say maybe five to eight teams probably already have a woman on the coaching staff. Um, but, you know, we're all about getting opportunities. Football's for everybody, as we've already talked about. And so, I mean, the ruling rule has proven it's kind of a bit of a joke. But this is kind of one of those things where you're requiring something. Mm-hmm. I think it could, I think it's going to, I mean, it'll be fine. You're just giving more people opportunities. So, yeah. never against that. Yeah, I mean, I perfectly, I completely agree. I mean, giving more people opportunities is the right thing to do. And like you said, football's for everybody. And yeah, I mean, I, I have no problem with this. It makes perfect sense. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we were going to do some draft stuff, but then Manit took it off the agenda because he doesn't have anything. But what? I, I don't have anything. What do you mean? You're that's our draft That's just guy. not true. Well, do you want to talk about I just didn't want to do it today. Oh, you don't? Oh. Yeah. Well, I was going to give you the floor and talk about Malik Willis. I mean, that, <laughs> that can be another day. If we, we want to do the position group breakdowns, we can. I mean, I'm not going to I know lie. you're not as invested, but I still I, think it'd anymore, be a cool I'm not. concept. Like, I was actually kind of locked I, in I on the draft. I will start getting invested just because free agency's over. Yeah. Like, this whole I, April, I I'm, will start I'm going to start. It's just, like, it's hard for me because it's, like, I know the Browns and I don't have a pick for three years in the first round, and it's, like, I don't care. Like, second-rounders are second-rounders. Like, that's just the way the board falls. Hey, as us Bears fans have been there, done that. We haven't had a first-round pick in, I'm like, hoping forever. for. I'm just hoping George Pickens possibly makes it to 44. That's just my hope. I, there's a potential seven receivers going the first round. It, Dude, it's insane. There are so many receivers. So, I mean, so that'd be fun. But, all right, Vinny, before we'll give them just a taste of it before we get into it probably in a few weeks. Lions have two first-round picks. Yeah. What is, like, your ideal first round? Ideal first round, I think, so I really think Brad Holmes wanted Kyle Hamilton. And then he was dismayed. He did not like that pro day performance. I think the 40-yard dash, he went, he dropped .2. He ran a 4.5 at the combine. Well, we know the combine clocks were a little bit off. Yeah, but he ran 4.5 confirmed there and a 4.7 low at his pro day. Mm -hmm. And, like, game film aside... Kyle Hamilton is one of the best defensive players in the draft. Like, one I mean, the best it, safety prospect we've ever seen. Yeah. So that, sorry, combine results aside, yeah. like the game film shows he's one of the best players in the draft. Yeah. But I think Holmes feels like he can get him lower or get like a higher, like there's depth at. So would you trade the, down? Yeah. I would prefer a trade down. Um, I think Seattle, if they don't get Baker. Is going to be a trade up candidate. They might not get Baker till draft night. I think that's a real possibility. I, I think it could come down to whether or not they want to go Malik or Baker yeah. at that point. Um, but like Pittsburgh likes Baker, uh, likes Malik Willis a lot. Yeah. I could see them trading up. Carolina probably Carolina. likes him a lot. Yeah. So, um, and like Holmes and Carolina have talked before in trade talks because Carolina reached out last year about Stafford. So I think like moving down is ideal and then getting like. Best player available at position needs, so wide receiver or linebacker at 32. Yeah. I mean, the thing with the Lions, it's very similar because, like, the Browns were literally in this position just a few years ago where your team's just not, it's just not, there's just not a lot of talent on the roster. There's holes everywhere. Yeah. It's kind of like you can't really 
just pinpoint positions. It's all about getting talent in the building. So, like, best player available is always a good strategy for teams like this because, like, Penny Sewell last year, home run. Like, but, people are like, you know, they took a tackle, but now they have their left tackle for the next decade. So, here's the argument, though. If you take, like, an Aiden Hutchinson or uh, Evan Neal, you could pretty much be getting the same value out of Iki Okonwu or um, Charles Cross yeah. for offensive line yeah. or Kayvon or Trayvon Walker yeah. for defensive line. Mm-hmm. So there's so much depth that teams are hesitant to trade up for anything but a quarterback. Yeah. And, and there's just no quarterback worth trading up for. There's no get. quarterback worth trading yeah. up for yet. Yeah. Yeah. And there probably isn't going to be. I yeah. Mean, they've almost all had their pro days now. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, my favorite quarterback in the draft is Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. I love Ritter. I um, want to get Ritter at 32. I think yeah, Ritter would be a, I would, a second round. I think guy, Ritter's guy the most pro ready guy. I think he's the most fundamentally sound guy. He can move. He's got an arm. He's got a, few, a little bit of accuracy issues. But Ritter at 32 or 34 for the Lions would be. I like Desmond amazing. Ritter a lot because before the Browns had Deshaun Watson, I was even thinking, like, yo, like Desmond Ritter in the second round he's sounds kind of nice. nice to me. Um, that was sounding pretty good to me, but I, I like Desmond Ritter a lot. He's my favorite quarterback prospect in this draft. So, so. as as of now, um, more on the Ritter, I have Corral and Ritter basically 1A, 1B. Um, I really like Matt Corral. Yeah. Petty he's, he's sliding a little bit. but Yeah, he is going to slide um, just because he didn't perform at the combine yeah. and you couldn't compare him to other quarterbacks there. Um, but he had a decent pro day. Yeah, it's okay. Um, Kenny Pickett, three. And Small hands, Malik Kenny Pickett. Four. Hey, it went up a quarter of an inch. Yeah. Give it to Kenny I think Pickett. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pickett is the most pro-ready, but he's also, like, the, like, lowest with the ceiling. It's kind of like Mac Jones. Gap. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what you'll get out of him with the ceiling. And with Corral, mm-hmm. Ritter, and Willis, I don't know. It'll be, like, situational what team gets them and what team can use them. Their unique skills. So many. I want to go back to the Lions for number two overall. Would you? Would you go with Kyle Hamilton number two over? Because you were talking about Kyle Hamilton's forty yard dash. Cam Chancellor ran a four six nine. Yeah. So like the forty yard dash isn't really like okay, mean especially point two decimal places. Yeah. You're still a four four. I mean yeah. that's whatever. Yeah. I mean Kyle Hamilton. He's he's a high four four. That's what game speed wise, he doesn't seem to lose footing much. Like. He makes up ground. Yeah, quick. he's yeah. he's very good in terms of game speed on his film. So I wouldn't say the forty matters as much, but um, I would say like even with that performance, you'd be able to get him later. So a trade down would be better. But yeah, I mean, taking, ago, taking Kyle Hamilton number two seems like I mean he's a great player, but like you did the same thing with Jeff Okuda. Yeah, like that might be yeah, like I would trade down exactly. that scenario. I mean, yeah, if I were the Lions, if I was Brad Holmes, I'd probably looking at trading down because, like, I remember a Lions fan of mine, when they took Okuda, said you should have traded down. You could have gotten him at, like, five or six. Yep. And they, did, they didn't do that, so. Yeah, I mean, you could have made Miami or L.A. trade up. Yeah. Something like that, but. Yeah, so, I mean, that's. Bob Quinn in charge of the front office wasn't exactly <laughs> the brightest person there, I'm, so. I'm just saying, and I know many you hate this idea, but. John Dorsey, consultant for the Detroit Lions. John Dorsey is a very good drafter. I will give. I will give. No, him I that. know, but I'm saying he drafted Baker Mayfield. That is true. We're not. I. He I did. Like I. I'm just I saying. would be so upset. The only, the only issue and the only reason why I don't think they'll do it is because 
You already have, you're already paying Jared Goff so much money. Why would you take on $19 million for Baker Mayfield? Now, I get it. The Lions have cash. Oh, you're talking about us trading for Baker. I thought you were talking about just the idea of taking a quarterback. Holy. No, no, I wasn't. No, talking about him I've seen that on Lions Twitter, and I shut it down. I, I, I believe they absolutely. Firmly, I believe they are a sleeper. No, because John Dorsey's in the front office. There's no way, but he's not making the decisions at the end of the day. So yeah, it's not like I don't think they're paying Jared Goff so much money. Why would you take on nineteen million dollars of Baker when you're already paying Jared Goff thirty five a year? Like why? Why would you pay fifty four million dollars for two quarterbacks? Like there's just no reason to pay for two similar. Ceiling, not ceiling quarterback, but similar level quarterbacks at this point in time. I mean, here's the thing though: Baker would be a one-year, literal one-year. I mean, you don't have to do anything with it. Like, you don't have to re-sign him or anything. He's on a one-year contract, um, and I think he's better I'd than Jared ra- Goff. I'd rather let Goff play it out. I, I, if I was the Lions, I probably would do that too. But I, I mean, Baker probably he's got a, definitely a higher ceiling than Golf. Or Goff. There's just no point Goff. in giving up. No, I agree. Any draft compensation well, for here, someone well, who's here's, not going to be a long-term issue. quarterback at yeah, all. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, but it's weird because, like, Baker's running out of places to go. And obviously, as a Browns fan, it's like, I want him to get off the books so the Browns can clear up that cap space. The only problem is they're probably going to have to eat some of his cap space to actually get rid of him. So, it's 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 a... Like I said, I think he's going to end up being traded to Seattle. Seattle definitely is interested in him because... Their other option is Drew Locke, so I would not be surprised at all. But the Browns probably gonna either have to a give up a pick, or they're gonna have to. It'll be take, eat like situation, half of his, They're gonna have to like eat his salary to get rid of him, which is like they'll do it, but they don't want to. Like they they have they want to re-sign Jadavian Clowney. They want to possibly bring back Jarvis Landry. There's talks they may want to re-sign Odell. I I don't want that, but. Um, <laughs> And Odell, talks about no, that. Odell hasn't shut it down either. He's yeah. gone on Twitter. And if they re-sign Jarvis Landry, oh my gosh. Like the fact Odell's not even gonna play till November. Like, I don't understand why people are like so like it's, I don't want him. So I don't want him. It would be funny if Odell came back. I don't no, want that would be funny. It would oh be a hor- it would be a horrible look for the Browns' organization if they brought Odell back. It just would. It would it would make them look even worse than they do look right now. So I absolutely think I'm it would be at, I'm going back. I'm looking at a mock draft and saying the Lions would take Trevon Walker. What do you think of that? I, he, this, the same argument. Like, I think he's the lowest of the three DNs you Trayvon. can get among the same yeah. level. Um, I would put Kayvon one, Hutch two, Walker three. Walker's got, like, physical gifts, but I don't think, like... Do you think you can utilize him in the pass rush as much as you could with... Thibodeau or Hutch? Do you think that Thibodeau goes one, or do you think it's still Hutchinson still lose? I think it's still. I, still I think, think it's I Hutchinson. Think it's Hutch. Um, I don't think there. I don't really even think there's a there's a question about it right now. Yeah, that the Jaguars Hutchinson. are going with Hutchinson number yeah. one. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. I. Well, if it's, so if they go Hutch one, would you take Thibodeau at two? I think Thibodeau goes like four. Now. Like he's slipping. Like well, he's, got, he's got injury I, problems. I would yeah. take and Thibodeau he didn't, at two. He, he didn't participate in the combine. He is, he's just. So good, like the ceiling is looking miles at, look at his game level. Very, I, very it's miles. Good. I hate. Yeah, I hate to like compare, but no. like I mean, Miles it's, Garrett's a one of one guy. Yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> it's amongst that level where like he just can just surely knock over any lineman he wants to. Yeah, yeah. and I'm looking. At, I'm looking at number seven, the Giants via via the Bears because they got Justin Fields, Sauce Gardner. Which the Bears? Oh my God! If the, Bears, if, the, Gardner, if the Bears yeah. got Sauce Gardner, I mean, Jalen Johnson and Sauce Gardner would be that would be a really good secondary. 
Like I, I would love to have a guy like that. Um, a very fast, physical type yeah. of corner. I mean, uh, that would be a guy I would love to have because the Bears have just a lot of secondary issues. They have a lot of roster issues in general, but yeah. Yeah, well, speaking of rosters and off-seasons, this is now one thing I wanted to get into. Now that free agencies, I mean, the first wave is gone. I mean, there's still a lot of big names out there, but, you know, they're going to do this at their own pace. I mean, you know, I don't know. Odell may not sign till the middle of the year just based on, again, he's probably not going to be able to play till like, November. Um, So there's still a lot of guys out there, but they may not sign right away. So I want to take a look at each team. Just, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be very much in depth, but just kind of go over a list of some of the moves that they've made so far this offseason and just kind of give them a grade for the offseason that they've had so far and kind of look ahead to what they could possibly do for the rest of free agency, what they could possibly do in the draft, um, and other things like that. So today I wanted to start off with the East Divisions. That's the NFC and AFC East because I don't know why that was just the choice I picked. I think we should just pick one. Because this is probably going to end up being longer than we expected. It probably is. The only problem is we don't have enough time to do eight. We don't have eight weeks. Yeah, we'll do two. We'll do multi, like that'll be our whole thing next week. We'll do that oh. with draft at the end. All right. Well, yeah, that's fair. All right. We'll <laughs> open with one division. Okay. Let's do the AFCs today. Okay. Uh, we'll look at because that's just the first team that showed up on my thing. Um, AFC East offseason grades. Um, let's start with the division champs, the Buffalo Bills who probably made some of the biggest moves so far uh, this offseason. They signed Von Miller, six years, $120 million uh, to a contract. O.J. Howard, they got for one year, $3.5 million. They that's, signed, that's nice. Yeah. He'll give some good flexibility. They signed uh, Roger Saffold, the guard, yep. the offensive guard, for a year. There's no money attached to that one yet. Um, and, of course, I mean, the biggest move, obviously, trading for Case Keenum from the Cleveland Browns to be their back quarterback. And then they also signed Matt Barkley. So their quarterback room is just loaded. Um, Duke Johnson, uh, for another former Cleveland Brown, uh, came over from the Dolphins. Jamison Crowder, they signed to a one-year $4 million deal to kind of replace uh, Cole Beasley, who they did get rid of Cole Beasley. Um, I mean, yeah, those are the main deals. Um, but overall, I mean, obviously the headliner is Von Miller, but what do we think of the Bills' offseason? I, I got to go... B plus. I mean, getting Von Miller, a mm-hmm. guy that can really help your defense. Um, and also, did you mention resigning or m- matching Ryan Bates, the the starting guard? I did not. They did it do just, that because that the, bear, the, list, the Bears were about right. to sign him, but the Bills decided to match, which which is a very cheap deal. So, I mean, retaining Ryan Bates mm-hmm. and Roger Saffold, two starting guards. I mean, that's that's pretty big for that offensive line. So, yeah, I mean, a very solid off season for the Bills. Yeah, I would go. Um, B plus also, I think they made the proper moves to elevate themselves, um, and uh, yeah, put themselves level with other contenders, if not ahead. You know, adding Von Miller, you get a prime pass rusher, which they had haven't had, and I'm gonna be interested to see what he can do with Ed Oliver there. Um, yeah, if he can like teach him a little bit, Ed Oliver was a really good prospect coming out of college, and he was he going into the draft that year, he was the number one pick. Yeah, and then and he, he kind of fell. Yeah, and so I'll be interested to see like if he can sort of give him a little kickstart, um, just like teaching wise. But I think it was a good off season for Buffalo. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I would, I mean, I'm probably gonna go go up to an A minus just because I mean. I'm not going to give him a full A because I think the Von Miller contract has a potential to bite them in the butt. Yeah, it's a lot of money that you're paying a guy who's who's old. Yeah. Um, 
But overall, I mean, yeah, Von Miller, no brainer about that one. They they chored up the offensive line. They signed more players in the secondary. They replaced Cole Beasley with Jameson Crowder, which I think is a really good fit. Um, obviously, got a nice backup quarterback in Case Keenum. So you know, overall, solid offseason. The Bills arguably have like they're going to be the best team in the AFC next year potentially. I mean, this is it's a Super Bowl contender for sure. Um, you know, a minus. Uh, and as to look ahead, I mean, obviously, I mean for the Bills, they don't really need much. Obviously, they could still improve at the running back position. I think that is definitely something that they could look to in the draft to possibly shore up with a late first-round pick. You could get one of the top running backs in the class there. You could always shore up the secondary, shore up the offensive line, linebackers, defensive line. I mean, you can just add depth in a lot of key, important positions, and you know, you don't have the draft capital that a lot of these other teams do, but you'll be able to still get some good players. I, I like the I like the idea of them going running back in the first round, though. I've been saying they should do that for years. Kenneth Walker <laughs> to Jay, Buffalo. Jay I've been saying something. that since October. They need a it running back. needs that, to that happen. That would complete their offseason. That K-9. would, I I mean, would yeah. establish Buffalo I, I put that to an A if, that, if they draft AFC them. favorites. Yes. Really, this is like the weirdest world. Yeah, I don't know I've what they're seen. doing. Like it's, They're it's taking forever. They're Just release about, it already. They're talking about... Oh no! All the countries right now. Just release uh, it already. Yeah. Anyways, it's, anyways, it's, um, it's just a show at this point. But moving on. Moving on to the Miami Dolphins, the second team that came up on my list, just because this is alphabetical order, so it's not crazy. But um, the Dolphins' very interesting offseason. A lot of different signings and moves. Obviously, the headliner being the trade for Tyreek Hill. Uh, along that, they signed Raheem Mostert to a one-year deal, just over $3 million. They they signed Teddy Bridgewater to back up Tua Tagovailoa, one year, six and a half. They also signed Chase Edmonds, two years, $12.6 million. I mean, Edmonds and Mostert in that backfield, I mean, wow. Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys comes over, three years, $22.8 million. They re-signed Preston Williams. They tagged Mike Gesicki. Gonna trade Devontae Parker. They're gonna trade Devontae Parker. They signed Teron Armstead to play left tackle. They signed Connor Williams from the Cowboys as well for offensive guard. I mean, and then they made a couple of other lower caliber moves, but I mean, man, the Dolphins, it, they completely redid the roster. And I mean, we kind of talked about them needing help at running back, but actually, I kind of forgot that they had Mostert and Edmonds. Like, you don't really need to work. You have Mostert and Edmonds. That's a, that's a group right there. Did you mention Tyreek Hill in that? Yeah, I said it was the headliner. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well then, yeah. I mean, I I would give it I would give it an A. I mean, like what they were able to do, getting one of the best wide receivers in the league. I mean, they, you give up a lot to get him, but if you're, you you got to go all in eventually. And signing Teron Armstead, like I said earlier, is a risky signing just because of his injury history. Um, but a very good tackle. Um, Cedric Wilson is also a very solid receiver, a number three receiver. Um, I really like these. I really like these moves for the for to help out Tua. So. Yeah. Yeah, Miami again set themselves up really well. Um for if things don't work out with Tua, I would give them an A, you know. There's some deficiencies, you know. O-line could have been more built out, but overall they did a really good job. And I think you know, with Mike McDaniel, they they're set up pretty well. Yeah, I mean, for there's sure. really no other way to put it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm gonna give him an A as well, and it's not only just because I mean, obviously, yeah, Tyreek Hill, arguably the best wide receiver in all football, probably not, but he's up there. Uh, Top three. Shoring up right the there, yeah. shoring up the offensive line, redoing the running back room, and then 
Uh, Cedric Wilson, a very underrated very signing for them. Uh, but one of like my one of my favorite signings that they did was they brought in Teddy Bridgewater, and I, it's yeah. and it's not because like he's not going to start or whatever. Teddy Obviously, two is going to but very 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 having, good backup. Having Teddy there in case you know Tua gets hurt, which he has a tendency to do, or if Tua just doesn't perform very well, you can put Teddy in there, and you know what you're going to get, and that's something that like you know that's not a bad guy to have in the room to just kind of be with Tua and. Show them the ropes just a little bit, and I mean overall, like yeah, I mean good off season for the Dolphins. Obviously, you know it's on paper, you know it's all got to work out, and with two at quarterback, it can get, you know we don't really know Muddy. yet. It's hard to we still really can't we haven't really been able to evaluate Tua yet. He's really only had one full season, so and he was hurt for a little bit of that. So you know we'll see how it goes, but on paper, really good off season for Miami, really really good. So next team, the New England Patriots. Uh, Kind of a weird offseason once again. They, 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 a lot of it was they kept a lot of their guys, uh, bringing back James White, uh, Trent Brown, uh, they already had as well, uh, and their kicker, Nick Folk, who they signed to a two year, five million dollar extension. They re signed Devin McCourty. Um, but one of my favorite ones, they re signed Malcolm Butler to a two year deal up to nine million dollars. He's back in New England. Ty Montgomery. Yeah, Montgomery's still playing. Uh, they and then they traded for Mac Wilson from the Browns. They traded Chase Winovich over to Cleveland in that trade. So, um, um, and they re-signed, of course, special teams legend Matthew Slater. Jabril Peppers. Oh, always got to bring. Oh, love. Yeah, they re- they signed Jabril Peppers too. The Jabril Peppers signing. Yeah, I forgot. That's not on here because it's a little bit outdated. But they 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 did that in the last forty eight hours. But they did they they signed Jabril Peppers to a two year deal. I'm gonna have to, I'm giving this a C plus. I mean, like I like the Jabril Pepper saying that, um, like Manis said, but they traded Shaq Mason for a fifth round pick. Yeah, they traded Shaq Mason away too. Yeah, fifth round yep, pick yep, yep. for Shaq Mason, who's a very, very, very solid guard. Um, one of the really good ones on their offensive line. They just traded him away, and they the Buccaneers just got a, a very good guard for basically like nothing. Like I did not get yeah. that at all from Belichick, but. You know, retain Devin McCourty. He's one of their guys, one of the one of their anchors on the defense. Um, Matthew Slater, very good special teams mm-hmm. guy. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's very very Patriot esque like off season. Just not really making a ton of moves, bringing a lot of guys back. Um, you know, bringing a lot of guys back of your own, like I should say. So, yeah, I mean, it was a decent one, but I, I did not get the Shaq Mason trade at all. So. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be a very <clears throat> draft contingent off season. For yeah. New England, you know, they're like C plus B minus line for me can be yeah. raised if they do well in the draft kind of thing. Um, but, you know, overall, like it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they go in the draft. I think they need yeah. need a receiver. Yeah. So where you like decide to draft one becomes interesting because they do have other needs. Yeah. So it's not, you know, yeah, the team's yeah. not cut. It's not like the team of the past. You yeah. know, it's, there's still a lot of work to be done, but you have the quarterback in place. Uh, but I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. It's the C plus B minus range for me. I mean, it, I, I'd agree with Manit. I think it'd go up or down. It'd go up to a B minus or it could go down to a C plus based on how they draft. But like, uh, they could even get to a B plus, honestly. If they I, and get, I like, think they could good. also go as low as like a C, but yeah. I just think like the one thing that stands up, there's no playmakers here. 
They didn't do anything in the playmaker department. And that's what they need. There were playmakers to be had, and they didn't make any moves. How about Mac Jones? And I don't really think you really helped out Mac Jones this offseason. I mean, yeah, I just don't think you helped out Mac Jones this offseason. I keep keep going back to the Shaq Mason trade, but you're trying to protect him, um, and you didn't really sign any receivers that are worth... Like anything, you signed Ty Montgomery. That's what you did. Yeah, uh, and I mean, yeah, I mean, they signed. They kept a lot of their old other guys. Like, okay, James White, fine. Like, whatever. Resigning uh, Devin McCourty, Matthew Slater, Nick Folk, all good signings. Resigning Trent Brown, another big deal. But like, keeping your own guys doesn't really do much. Like, how did you get better? And I look at these things, and I don't really think they got much better. They also traded uh, Chase Winovich. Did you mention Chase Winovich? Yeah, he got for... for Mac Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. That's who they picked up. They got Mac Wilson and then Chase Winovich, who had a really good season a couple years ago, and they let him walk out the door. I'm actually kind of glad the Browns have him. He's nice depth on the defensive line. But, like, I mean, yeah, I just don't really know where they got better, especially on offense. I mean, I get it. Bill Belichick's a very defensive guy. He wants to have a great defense, and that's what this offseason kind of shows of, you know, reloading that defense once again, or defense, excuse me, but I mean, you got to get some playmakers in here. Like, you do. Like, Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne aren't going to cut it for very long. I mean, they're they're okay. What a fail. What a failure that was. All right. And the final team in the AFC East for this offseason, for our offseason grades, the New York Jets. Very quiet. I mean, they didn't, they didn't do a lot. Um, but they did do some things. They re-signed Braxton Berrios to a two-year extension worth $12 million. They picked up uh, C.J. Uzama and, like that and Tyler Conklin from the Vikings. They signed two tight ends to both three-year deals for a combined $45 million. C.J. Uzama is actually a very yeah, solid no, receiver. That's good, too. I do like that sign. Conklin played really well for Minnesota last Lake year with injury. Too nice pick. Um, Tyler Conklin played really well when Irv Smith got hurt last year for Minnesota. Um, interesting that they just basically gave the same contract to two tight ends, though. Very, very weird. Uh, Lincoln Tomlinson, like like Manit said, yeah, they signed him to play guard. Um, Jordan Whitehead is actually decent. They not, signed not Jordan bad. Whitehead from Tampa uh, from Tampa Bay, and then of course they re-signed the legend Mike White, one year, two point five four million dollars. Along, Joe Flacco, along with well. Joe Flacco, the loss of Marcus May really hurts them. Um, oh yeah, he was a guy that was kind of like. What did he sign? I don't even remember, but he he was a very up? solid, so. very solid safety for that defense. That um, I think they're, I think oh, they are going to miss. Oh, he signed in New Orleans. That's a very good signing for New Orleans. Oh, he replaced Marcus Williams. Yeah. So Marcus May is a very solid receiver, receiver, very solid safety. Um, that they're, um, that yeah. they're going to lose. But yeah, I mean, Lakin Tomlinson, very solid pickup. Um, I'd probably have to say, probably a B minus. I mean, nothing really. Like yeah. just just some guys to help them in their rebuild. I mean, nothing really special. So, yeah, I I probably have to go B minus. Um, what about you, Mini? I would say again, New York's another draft contingent off season. Yes. Yeah, obviously. Um, especially with the two top ten picks. Yeah, and then the two high seconds. So, if they do well, they can get up to like an A, honestly. But right now, I'd have them. A lot of pressure on a lot of pressure on Joe Douglas in this draft because yeah. you have two top ten picks. You have been bad for so long, and then you have like two really high in the second round. Like if you don't so, if yeah. you don't hit a home run in this draft, then like I don't know. If they, I don't know if he should keep his job. They have a chance. No, it, like if things work out well and they bring in enough high level players, they have a chance to make a run. 
I mean, it's Maybe a loaded wild not, AFC. Not, not this year, but, like, but, it's the Jets. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be really dependent on, obviously, the development of Zach Wilson. That's going to be where, you know, they have to get better. And, you know, adding C.J. Uzama and Tyler Conklin, giving him two legit tight end threats, re-signing Braxton Berrios, who's kind of been his safety blanket. I mean, obviously with two first-round picks, I would love to see them bring in like a Garrett Wilson or maybe like a Jamison Williams um, to get that in that receiver room alongside Elijah Moore uh, and Corey Davis. I think that could be a really good kind of landing spot for one of those two guys. And with two first-round picks, you can kind of take a swing at a receiver in one of those um, with one of those picks, but which is what I think they're going to probably try to do would be my guess. But also, yeah, I mean, I mean overall solid offseason. I'll give them a B for right now. You know, it's it's not it's above average, but it's not great or anything. So right around a B range for at least for me for the Jets. So good offseason. I I mean I think all four teams did pretty pretty well. Um, you know, it's. The division is certainly going to be more competitive this next year. I mean, the Jets are probably still going to be kind of trailing the pack because they're rebuilding. No, no, you know, issues with that. But you're going to have the Bills who are going to be like clear cut better. But then you're going to have like the Dolphins and the Patriots, who I think that's going to be a really interesting race all season long, especially with just how packed the AFC is. I mean, there was, I was listening to something that I was saying like there's, there's 16 teams in the AFC and probably 13 think that they have a realistic shot to make the playoffs. And there's seven yeah. spots. And like I I don't there's somehow like, you know, six of these teams are gonna get left out and you'll be like, that's a really good team and they're not in the playoffs. Yeah. And then you're gonna go over to the NFC and you're gonna be like, that team made the playoffs? Well, it's the NFC. Um so yeah. it's just two different two different spectrums. It's crazy. So Yeah, that'll wrap us up this week on the pylon. Thank you for tuning in. You can listen to the pylon on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you get your podcasts, just search for The Pylon on Impact 89 FM, and you will find us there with all of our past episodes. Our last episode, we did a whole free agency breakdown before the Deshaun Watson trade, so a lot of the stuff is going to sound very, very weird. Uh, and then, you know, as we move on, we're going to continue to break down teams. We're going to, you know, talk about every team, give them grades so far heading into the draft, and we'll continue doing more draft stuff as, as we approach the 2022 NFL draft. So thanks all for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week.